0: Welcome to the Midland Seventh-day Adventist Church. We hope our broadcast will bless you. I have this morning's scripture. Pastor, you got a tough act to follow. Philippians 2, 3-7. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in loneliness of mind. Let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interest but also for the interest of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in a form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, and coming in the likeness of men. Blessed are these scriptures.
1: Happy Sabbath! Good to see you all here. And uh, now let's go to the final prayer. Because after such competition, there's nothing else to do. Like uh, I did the first mistake of my sermon today, allowing the kids to sing first. Because now everything else will look pale. So I hope you guys forgive me for my humble sermon. Because I should have allowed the kids to be the grand finale. But now it's water under the bridge. Like uh, this uh, Sabbath, I want to talk of uh, about Christmas, but about things that we really don't think about Christmas. But before we go there, let me ask you something. Did you ever been to a place like a party or like a special occasion that we were invited to, but you really didn't know everything that was going on and like everything that you... like? Let's say you needed to bring something and you forgot, or you didn't know that you had. Did, you, did that ever happen to you? That happened to me once, actually, actually a couple of times, because. Uh, but the one that's probably was more, uh, more like vexing, was uh, on my wedding. Like uh, I didn't grow up a Christian, so I never had been in a wedding before. Uh, I have seen weddings in movies, Uh, I grew up in Brazil, that's a Catholic country, so like all the imagery of weddings that I had was like a Catholic wedding. So when uh, we did our, our wedding, on the wedding day, or the day before, my wife, and my now wife then, my fiance asked me, and what about... Uh, do you have your groomsman And everything? then I looked to her with like that eye on my face. Like, what are you talking about? Like, I, I thought that was like... A, in my mind, like those groom men And like we call in Portuguese, we call padrinhos. That's like a godfather. And uh, so I thought that was like a Catholic thing. And I'm Adventist now. So we don't do those Catholic things. So I didn't bother to look for. But then, like hours for the wedding I had nobody to call and thankfully she had plenty so she split uh, in Brazil we do a little bit different than here like here we have, uh, we have the groomsmen grues- for the groom and the bridesmaids For but there we have actually, actually couples that are like for each side so she split half of her couples with me and I was saved my honor was saved but uh, I didn't know I was entering on, uh, on my own wedding and I didn't know what, what, needed to, what I needed to have. It was not part of my culture. And uh, sometimes I think with Christmas we do the same thing. We get so caught up with all the preparations and lights and everything that we forget what Christmas is all about. And we forget to bring home, so to speak, some important things. And let's take a look on those things. But before we go there, let's uh, close our eyes and pray once more for the presence of the Holy Spirit. Dear Father in heaven, thank you so much for the gift of Jesus. He changed the history in two. And uh, because of him, we have uh, the hope of salvation as we wait for his return. We ask you, dear Lord, as we open scripture and as we try to find what's the real mean of Christmas and what's the perfect gift to give, we ask for your Holy Spirit to be with us. Help us now. Uh, bless the words of scriptures as they are shared. Bless all the stories and experiences that will be imparted and help us to Hear your voice. That's what we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, uh, as I said, like sometimes I wonder what people think about Christmas. And uh, we tend to think on things just by the lenses of our own culture. But as you travel around the globe, like on this time of the year, you see that different people, they do Christmas differently. How is Christmas for somebody, for example, like on the heart of Africa? Or how is Christmas for somebody living in Asia? And like, uh, it's even funny, I've been in places around Christmas time where they're not Christian countries. Uh, They are like sometimes Buddhist or like something else. But Christmas became so much a cultural thing that you see Christmas trees You see that uh, gift-giving and gift-receiving even in those countries. So, what is Christmas all about? Uh, Sometimes I think of like relatives of mine or people that I know that they are missionaries and sometimes they are by themselves in places with no other Christians around or people to share. How is Christmas for them? How they can have a Christmas if they don't have that whole culture around it? So, that it must have... Christmas must have something real uh, real deeper that we have to kind of uh, dig to so we can enjoy our Christmas wherever we are in whichever situation we are in. So, what I really want you to think today is what Christmas means for you. Sometimes I get the feeling that we are like a story that I heard, like some folks that they wanted to make a... special celebration for somebody was a surprise party. You probably went to some of those. They made all the preparations. They invited everybody. Like uh, they brought gifts and prepared good food. They gathered on the day. Everybody was there. But then they realized the thing was so secret that nobody invited the guest of honor. Sometimes that's Sounds like like Christmas for many people. Like for many people, Christmas became just like another season for buying, selling, or a commercial thing. And uh, we get caught up in decorating, cooking, and we forget to invite the guest of honor of the feast into our lives. Uh, again, there's no nothing special on uh, December twenty five. Like, biblically speaking, that's the least probable date for Jesus to be born. But that was the date that was chosen. That was uh, uh, became tradition. We don't since we don't know what the de- date really is. Could be any date. There's not a problem to do it today. I mean, on a on, uh, ...in in December 25th. However, if we do it... ...we have to invite the guest. Let's not leave him... ...outside. Because that would be just wrong. I know a family... ...they try to do something... ...to kind of get away of all this... ...festivity and bring Jesus back... ...to their family life during during Christmas. So... ...they... uh, ...like on Christmas... ...they set up the table... They had an empty chair, an empty plate, everything that was like on the corner of the table, like the most honorable position in certain cultures. And uh that was the seat of Jesus, and they called the feast Jesus' birthday. And uh then uh some a visitor was there with them. They did the uh, their their celebration, they opened up the presents and whatever. But then somebody asked the youngest of the daughters of the family. Asked if she got everything she wanted. And uh, she said, no, but it's not my birthday anyway. She got the point that although she received a gift, she was not like the honor guest was not her birthday. And it's not her birthday either. Unless you actually was born in uh, December 25th, I know a couple people that were born on that day, but generally speaking, that's not our birthday. It's Jesus' birthday. No matter where you grow up, no matter what religion you belong, what tradition you come from, the only reason why we do Christmas is because of Jesus. He is, this, is the reason for the season. We celebrate his uh, birth, uh, like without Jesus, Christmas is nothing. I heard something that sounds a little, a little cliche, but like, did you ever try to remove Christ from the word Christmas? What what's left? Nothing, exactly. So like, without Jesus, without Christ. We have no reason for decorations. We have no reason even to be alive. And uh, if anything else, that should be a season for us to uh, remember him, to get him back to our lives, but also to impart him with others. So, like, uh, what would be the perfect gift for Christmas? Let's open our Bibles in uh, Philippians uh, chapter 2. Uh, We read uh, just a bit ago, starting from verse 3, but uh, let's start from verse 1 of uh, Philippians verse 2. I'm reading here from the NIV. So, therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any... Affection of mercy. Fulfill my joy by being like-minded. Having the same love. Being being of one accord and one mind. Let me stop right here. Like who penned those words was Paul the apostle. But he was talking here in behalf of Jesus. So Jesus is the one is saying. Like uh, basically if you really love me if you want to have any fellowship, any consolation, any sort of a relationship with me, what I want to receive for Christmas, fulfill my joy of being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and one mind. So like we usually make Christmas about ourselves, but uh, the gifts that Jesus is asking us Is for us to be in one accord with Him, to be of the same mind, to love others with the same love. And uh, let's read more about His wish list. Verse three: Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowness, lowliness of mind, let each Esteem others better than himself. Let each of of you look out, not only for his own interests, but also in the interest of others. So, what Jesus is really asking. Don't look about yourself only. There's nothing wrong. Let me get this out of the way. There's nothing wrong in self-interest. We have to be alive to even to be a blessing to others. I don't know if you ever notice... Uh like uh, if you travel in an airplane, they have those uh, little cards on the on the pocket in front of you that have the instructions how to do it in emergencies. What did they say if an emergency ever happens? Like masks will fall and what you have to do? Put in yourself first and then if there's somebody that's uh need help, then you tend that person next. But why they say you've That you should put your first. Because if you don't help yourself. You may die in the process of. Trying to help other people. And you may not even. Help them in the way they need. So there's nothing wrong with. Us taking care of ourselves. But that should not be the center. Of our lives. Uh, We should love others. In the same way Jesus does. With other centered love. So. Not, that's why Paul says, and, and Jesus is saying, uh, true Paul, uh, he does not say, let's have no self-interest. He says, let's not only have that, but let's look to others as well. And let's keep going to see who is that Jesus that's saying those things to me and to you today. Verse 5. Let this mind be in you. Which was also in Christ Jesus, who who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. But made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bond servant and coming in the likeness of man. So, that's what Jesus did for you. Like he was not looking for his only self-interest. He was looking out of his love to save you. So he became human. And like uh, as a f- famous Christmas carol says, like you guys are, I think know that, uh, away in a manger. So where did he was born? He did. He was not born like in a mansion. He was born in a lowly place. And uh let's remind you, friends, that Jesus is the creator, is the God that created the whole universe. He could have chosen to be born in whichever place, because he only needed to be born and die. So he could be born a king, he could be born a rich person, he could have born in like in the Bethlehem. Uh, uh Caesar palace but he chose to be born in the lowest place that one can can get with animals because uh he wanted to get a point across the uh, the that Jesus is the author of life himself He's the one that keeps you alive. And uh, we don't have absolutely anything in life that's not granted by Him. Even if you don't believe in Him. And uh, Jesus came down to encourage you. And that's why He chose that lowly place. Uh, I don't know Michigan enough. I don't know if uh, we have here a city that like... uh, uh it's like a, oh, that city is like a, such a bad city i don't nobody comes good from there. don't say it, don't say it, don't want to know uh but think on that city, and Jesus was from that city, but from the worst part of that city, even the bad of the city taught the people from there or the bad from the bad, and then he grew up where. Even a worse place. When people thought like, oh, is there anything good coming from from Nazareth? No. Uh, why? Because he did it for you. Like you may think uh, that your parents do not understand you. That your friends don't understand you. But Jesus does. And why? Because he suffered everything that one can suffer. He was poor, and if you read the Gospels right, at least for a time of his of his ministry, he was homeless. Uh, he came from a home with a lot of problems, as we know by Scripture. Uh, Mary was not the first wife of Joseph. He had older brothers, and. As we know from scripture. He was in constant harassment of those guys. Took a little while for them. like Way in his, into his ministry. For them to warm up to him. And he always grew. grew with that stigma of being like an Illegitimate son. And. Uh, he grew up. In a very dysfunctional. Uh, home. Because. His brothers were always persecuting you. So if you grew up. In a home like that, or if you live in a home like that, Jesus gets you. He knows what you came through. If you are experience homelessness homelessness, he knows what that is about. if you're jobless, he knows what that's about if you're hungry, suffering hunger, he knows what that is about. He knows poverty, he knows everything, and he came in such a way because he wanted you to know. That he gets you. He he knows where you suffer. And he wants to be there for you. Like uh, I was reading a book. uh, It's a comment about the life of Jesus. It's called Desire of Ages. And there's one paragraph that I highlighted years ago. And I I was reading uh, this last week. It came to mind again. On page 88 it says... Of the bitterness that falls to the lot of humanity. There was no part which Christ did not taste. That's why Paul says that he was tempted and now thinks, and all means all. So when you are suffering, when you are in pain, Jesus knows what you're going through. And as you pray, He can relate with you. He's not that being that always like live. In a perfect scenario. Like uh, he came down. And like you have no idea what cost for him to uh become one of us. Because I I read uh, somewhat some time ago, some somebody was trying to explain what was incarnation, and that person described like, oh Jesus coming down as a human was somewhat like uh Amen. Becoming an ant, like, uh, and I beg to differ because, like, in contrast with uh, our difference to God, God is like before everything. He was, He owns everything. Everything comes through through His existence. We become an ant, like we are kissing cousins, like we are so close, and like the difference between us and God is like so abysmal, that like, he becoming one of us was something else, and what the Bible says, we just read it, he didn't think uh, anything out of it, because he did it out of love for you, so he lost everything, he put everything on the line for you, like, uh, you probably never will be in a situation like he was, so he and I'm saying that because I want you to know that he not only was tempted in everything you were tempted. He not only suffered everything you suffered, but he was tempted in ways that you never been. And he suffered things that you never will suffer out of love for you. As the Bible says, he, make, he made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bond servant, coming in the likeness of men, the biggest humiliation. And if that was not enough, he do, he didn't come in a palace. He came in a box of coffee, like in a manger. So I read a story uh, some time ago that kind of illustrates that point. That story is of uh, one ancient Persian king and uh, he, according to the story, he liked to mingle with people, but he would disguise himself so people would not uh, like uh, uh, give him any deference because he was the king. He wanted to see things how it is, so he wanted to experience life as a normal human being. So one day, he went down to I think it was his palace. To uh, the basement where they had a furnace that was keeping everything hot. And there was one guy that was operating this. He was there lo- lonely by himself. He was sitting, uh, tendering the, the fire in a dark place. Uh, humid, like he was sitting like in a place that was all black because of the coal. And uh, they started to talk. And they got talking... Few minutes later the guy got like a piece of like brown bread and break into some water, they share a meal together. And they had a conversation. And uh, after the conversation was over, he parted ways. But he kept coming back because somehow he, he liked that, that guy. Like he was somebody that was was had like a different experience. The story doesn't tell, but I even think this guy was a Christian or like at the time, a Jew that knew God, because what you're gonna see next. And uh, that fireman uh, was so nice and so tender-hearted that he, the king, kept kept coming, always in disguise, always hiding in like a owl, dirty as well. And uh, one day, uh, after they became good friends good six months that they were visiting each other like at least two or three times a week he came down with uh one disposition i'm gonna show myself to this guy i'm gonna see how if he's gonna treat me differently so they had their conversation they had their meal together again and uh uh the king thought like when i tell him who i am uh i going to see what he's going to ask from me. Because now we are friends. So he can ask anything. So he showed his face. I'm the king. And uh, he didn't ask for anything. Then the king asked. Like, don't you realize? I can give anything to you. I can give you a new life. I can give you money. I can give you a better job. I can give you like my... To sit on my side, like, we are friends, I can give you anything. And then the guy uh, stopped and thought a little bit more. And then he answered, your majesty, uh, I understand that you can transform my life. But you have already given me the greatest gift a man could receive. You left your palace to sit down here with me on that dark place, in this lonely place. You could give me no more precious gift than that you have given me yourself. And that's far more than what I deserve. So, and I think, although the comparison is not even close, that kind of uh, depicts what Jesus did for us, the problem is that most often we don't give Jesus the first place. We don't give that deference. And we only remember Jesus when, please Jesus, we want so and so. When we want actually to ask something about to him. And uh, that made me think God gave us far more than what we deserve. Like. Uh, if you go back to Genesis. Like God made us. And because he made us. He calls us sons and daughters. We, uh, we are part of his family. But in Jesus. Something else happened. He became one of us. And because of him. God is now part of my family. God is now part of your family. That's far far more deference than what we can give, I mean than what we can get, and uh even if life is not as good as we want to, we have Jesus on our life, and he promised, "I will be with you to the end." Second Corinthians uh, chapter eight, verse nine tells, "For you know. The grace of our Lord Jesus, that that, though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. That that you, through his poverty, might become rich. Jesus emptied himself. So you could get what you need. You can get eternal life. You can get eternal richness in most of all. You can get his eternal uh, companionship forever. Like uh, in our culture, in Christmas, we usually put uh, uh, little tags on our boxes. Like from Mabio to Tanya. From mom and dad to such and such kid. like, But... Uh, With Jesus is different. If Jesus wore a tag, uh, that tag would say, from Mabio, put your name on it. I mean, to Mabio, from God. That baby in the manger was wearing a tag. And that tag says, to Emily, from God. That man that was teaching. The good news of the kingdom that was healing the sick. He had a tag. And that tag says to Solomon from God. That man forgiving the uh way or the kid. Like uh that man that was uh touching the heart broken. He had a tag and that tag says to Christina and Rowan from God. And that cross bearing God that was like bearing the weight of the world on his shoulders. It had a tag. And that tag says like to Jess, to Hiram, to Jesse, to Hiram, to Aidan. To Elena And to every person here present today. Even you. That you are watching through the internet. Jesus had. Your name. On his tag. Because he was a gift. From God. To you. Uh, if. What the world needed. Was. Information. God would send an educator. If the world' greatest need was technology, God would send IT guy uh, or a scientist. If our greatest need was money, God would send an economist. But our greatest need is forgiveness and redemption. That's why God sent a savior. Because that's what you and me need. In uh, Romans 8. Verse 32 we read. He who did not spare his own son. But deliver him up for us all. How shall he not. Uh, with him also freely give us outings. How many things he says. things." Jesus our treasures of heaven is at our disposal he gave his life for every single person even those that don't love him even those that despise him even those that crucify him because he died for the sins of all the world in closing I want to close with two things first is a little poem From a very famous black preacher. Uh, I think he was Baptist. His name was Dr. S.M. Lockridge. He was a mighty preacher. I got acquainted with uh, this poem in a book. That I read. And uh, then I went to check this guy out. Because uh, the poetry was so beautiful. And I want to share part of that poem with you today. Uh, Pastor Lockridge says... Jesus is a seven-way king. He's a king of the Jews. That's a racial king. He's the king of Israel. And that's a national king. He's the king of all righteousness and mine. He's the king of all ages. He's the king of heaven. He's the king of glory. He is the king of kings. And he is the Lord of lords. That's my beloved king. Is he your king today? King David on says, the heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows his handwork. My king is sovereign, is a sovereign king, and no method of measurement can define his limitless love. No foreseen telescope can bring into visibility the close line of his. Uh, sure sure less supply no barrier can hinder him from throwing out his blessings for he is endearing strong entirely sincere he is eternally steadfast he is immortally grateful he is imperially powerful he is impartially merciful have you met him? He is the greatest phenomenon that ever crossed the horizon of this world. He is God's son. He is the sinner's savior. He is the centerpiece of all civilization. He is noble. He is unique. He is unparalleled and unprecedented. He is the loftiest idea in the literature. He is the highest personality in philosophy. He is the supreme problem of higher criticism. He is the fundamental doctrine of our true theology. He is the core, the necessity of spiritual religion. He is the miracle of our ages. He is the superlative of everything. Good that you can choose to call him. And he is the only one qualified To be an all-sufficient Savior. And I wonder, do you really know him as your own Savior and King? He supplies the strength for the weak. He is available to the tempted. He is there for the tried. He sympathizes. He saves. He strengthens. He sustains. He guards. He guides. He heals the sick. He cleans from leprosy of sin. He mends the shattered hearts. He discharges the debtors. He delivers the captives. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the aged. He rewards the diligent. And he purifies the meek. Have you accepted him as your king? You see, beloved, he is the key of our knowledge. He is the wellspring of wisdom. He is the doorway of deliverance. And he is the pathway of our peace. He is the roadway of our righteousness. He is the highway of our holiness. He is the gateway to our glory. And he is the only way. His office is diverse. His promises are sure. His light is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteousness. His yoke is easy. And His burden is light. That's the last tense now. I wish this morning... I could describe him to you, but he is indescribable, for he is good, he is uncomprehensible, he is all invincible, he is irresistible, you can get him out of your mind, you can't get him out of your heart, you can't live without him, and uh and we can live, and you can only live with him. The Pharisees could not stand him, but they found that they could not stop him. Pilate could not fault him. False witness could not condemn him. Herod could not kill him. Death could not handle him. And the grave could not hold him. Praise God. That's my beloved king. Is he your king? And that's the big question I want to leave with you today. Is that God, that our merciful God, that came and became one of us, is he your king? And how that can change your life? Today, if Jesus is really the king of your life, you should be like him. If Jesus is really the center of your life, you should live for others as he lived. And, uh, but the big question that gave the title for the sermon today, what's the perfect gift? I guess we knew our long, but uh, we didn't really realize Jesus is the perfect gift for each one of us. But we also have a perfect gift to give to Him. So I want to draw your attention again to Philippians two, starting in verse five. How Jesus wants us to be a gift for Him by being a gift. For others. He says. In your relationships with, with one another. Have the mindset of Christ. Jesus wants you to be like him. As we deal with others. Who And how is Christ? In being in very nature God. He didn't consider equality with God. Something to be used to his own advantage. Rather. He made himself nothing. By taking the very nature of a servant being being made in human likeness so my invitation for you today is not only to accept Jesus as your King as your Savior but to start by his mercy by his grace to live like him and treat others as you would like to be treated and treat others as Jesus would do if he was wearing his your shoes and uh, with that I want to make a special prayer to bless all of you so you may receive today the gift of Jesus and start to impart this gift with others through your life. Let's pray. Dear Father in heaven, thank you so much for the gift of Jesus. That's a, such an phantom gift. We don't have mental categories to put Jesus in a box because he's awesome. Help us to, in this Christmas season, to accept Jesus again back in our lives. He is the only thing that can make our life make sense. He is the only thing that can bring closeness to your life. He is the only thing that can bring us true satisfaction and true peace. A peace that's independent of our surroundings. So, dear Lord, help us to accept that gift and help us to start to impart this gift with our lives. We never will be able to repay him for what he did for us. But let's give him the only gift he wants. That's our full surrender. And as we surrender to him, let's treat others as we want to be treated ourselves. Let's treat others as Jesus himself have done it. We cannot do this for ourselves, so we ask for your Holy Spirit to change our lives and to help us to be the hands and feet of Jesus to those around us. Bless us and keep us. That's what we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: You have been listening to the broadcast from the Midland Seventh day Adventist Church at 2420 East Ashman in Midland, Michigan. If you're in the area, we cordially invite you to visit our church Saturday mornings. If you're a distance away, we encourage you to continue visiting our website and weekly podcast at midlandsda.org.